seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. Aaron, what's up, dude? Dude, how's it going, man? The, I mean, you know, right before we we started, we were talking about our favorite soups. So, you listed three soups. Yeah, it's a weird way to start the show, but let's just do it. Yeah, you, I, I, th- I. You you have three soups that are your favorites. Yeah, I think in honor of our Philip Rivers episode number seventeen, um, our we're we're gonna start with our with I think the unanimous global three favorite soups. Number one is miso soup, which Aaron happens mm. to be crushing right now as we're kicking off this podcast. Mm. Number two best soup is a matzo ball soup, favorite soup mm. of many, many people around the world. Mm-hmm. And number three, I like to, uh, you know, to reach out to my froggy friends across the, uh, the pond and then another jump with the French onion soup with that melted cheese on top. <laughs> top three <laughs> soups. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I mean, those are what's it? Rohit and I agree completely on on the favorite soups. I can't really think of another better soup. There's lots of good soups, lots of great soups. Those really are, I think, the top three soups. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's it's not a lot of topics are you know they say oh it's it's up to opinion. I don't think this is up to opinion. I think this is just a fact. It's it's truth, and I, I and I know um, big clam chowder will have some say in this, um, <laughs> but you know they're not far behind. They're still really great. Um, but, lobster you know, bisque too. Lobster bisque might be like, yo, what about me? Good soup, very good soup. Also, immediate upper hand because you have lobster. Like you have a fancy ingredient in you. These are soups that don't have that, so they don't have that upper hand. Exactly, and it's like, and when I'm like, you know, like doing a five k. Like just eating a lobster bisque, a creamy lobster bisque, or like a really white noodle lamb chowder, it's just it's it's not as satisfying as crushing a miso soup during that run. And no, also, like, like say, I've never run a five k. Oh, I was gonna say when I run my fifteen k, uh, I don't eat the soup the the clam chowder cream because it just doesn't make me run my fifteen k to where I can win. I usually come in third. I've yeah, also and- never run one. Yeah, it's but yeah, but now everybody sees our problem. It's like we don't run because of poor running soup options. Um, so, but yeah, let's get started with this episode. Yeah, so it's the it's the hopeless show, and Ro, why don't you kick it off with the news from the quarantine topic, which I think is going to be spicy. Yeah, and then we'll dive into the show and and have at it. Yeah, so Aaron and I we keep a running uh, list on a Google Doc. Uh, with our hit sheet of everything that we want to talk about during the episode. Um, and today, I left him a little note. And we're going to actually talk about that on air. Um, and the note was effectively, hey, it seems like we always have a lot of Trump topics. And I feel like maybe we should put them all in the same section. Because it's... Actually, I don't remember the exact note that I wrote. But it was to that effect. I was like, hey, listen, maybe we, yeah, that was there's the so point. much news in the world. And Aaron's response was... Let's talk about that on the show. So, Aaron, let's talk. Uh, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people in the show already kind of have their opinion formed on him. Um, mm-hmm. and But he continues to be a source of hopelessness. But uh, we also want to be able to show that, that there's a lot of variety out there and a lot of hopelessness in other places. How do you feel about this? So the reason I think it comes up a lot is because of the circumstances. Never would in another time in my life, and I'm guessing your life, would the president of the United States be this this important and affect our lives personally? I can speak for myself, me personally, on a day-to-day basis like this president does with literally our day-to-day life, with how I go about my day, with how my day changes, with how my career changes, with how my existence is. I've never had that before. It's never existed in my life in this way. So it's a new thing. So it's hard to not equate all his hopelessness with things to talk about. 
and we're stuck at home. So there's a lot less. I, as you know, and you are too, I'm a doer. I like to do all kinds of crazy things and I'm constantly doing things in life and to not be able to do things means I'm reading a lot more about like what's going on and watching and seeing so that I can then get life back in order again. So he just becomes this topic and he's like in your face. But I agree. I want to come up with newer and different takes, even if he is part of the topic, just because he's managed to infest himself in our lives so much. Yeah. And it's almost like we feel like, you know, this magnetic pull where it's you never like have those like really strong magnets that you play at like like the the art museum or the sorry the science museum when you're a kid yeah or when you're an adult and like and then they're really strong but sometimes you get them stuck together and you can't pull them apart sometimes I feel like that it's like but I think it's important that while we address hopelessness you know I guess you're right there is often in many cases a root cause of of, of a lot of that and it's almost like for the listeners let us know how you guys feel. Do we, would you like to hear uh, certain topics spread out? Do you like them condensed? But we oh. thought, you know, we'd start with this open conversation to know that we're always listening to you guys. And, uh, you know, and if, and if, and if, I guess his antics are behind a lot of our topics, it's, you can understand we're living in the United States. We are facing a lot of the, the, the repercussions of of decisions that come from the office um so let us know if we're talking too much about it or too little about it or you'd like to see more but or a new a new take on it like if you there's a a submission that you'd like that's a different take well actually we are next week we're bringing a different take because we have lucas miles tv personality pastor uh big church guy and he has his own media company and he's uh, Lucas Miles is going to be on the show for a bit, and he's a Trump supporter, so I'm guessing that'll come up. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, yeah, we can't skirt around that topic, but I'm really excited uh, that we have somebody that we can have a discussion with. That Aaron and I often agree on many things, and it's really fun when we don't. Really mm-hmm. fun. So I can only imagine how fun it is going to be <laughs> next week. So I'm looking forward to that one. So, yeah. So speaking of Trump, let's uh, let's start with topic one, which has nothing to do with him. News from the corn. That topic one is fairly disturbing um, as we did. We tend to often talk about some disturbing stuff. Yes. But it was in the news today that 72 NFL players tested positive for coronavirus and they're from all sorts of teams across the league even here in los angeles andrew whitworth a left tackle for the rams um so this is on one side you might say oh well you know i think players are going to test positive anyway that's where all the testing's happening and then you kind of take it further and you can then say well does this mean the season is in jeopardy? Are we going to start later? Are we going to not going to have all those players? That's where my panic initially started to set in. But Aaron, I think it gets worse than that. I, yeah, honest, I'm scared that this second wave that is 100% the United States fault, the non mask wearers, the people that have just our own government that has not been taken this seriously. And there he is. He came yeah. up right now. <laughs> He's back living rent free. Um, but the, our decisions have caused this second wave. I mean, earlier in the week, California had 11,000 COVID cases in one day, just the, just the state of California. That is, and didn't the city of Miami have like 5,000 just in Miami? It's insane. It's insane. So what this means is like now that we're seeing NFL players who are supposed to have been quarantining, uh, they're starting to get it. The second wave, California's going to be shutting down again very soon. It already Parts of it already have. I'm scared that not only will we not get an MLB or an NBA or an NFL season or whatever seasons, but we're this wave is getting really – it's going to be even worse than the first one. What are your thoughts? Well – I think there's hope. I don't know if it comes from the NFL in particular. So first I'll tell you the NBA also is hopeless. And here's why. But then I'll give you hope. 
the NFL, I mean, the NBA has a, they have a bubble in Disney World at the Wide World of Sports Complex, which is a really cool place. It's where the Braves used to have uh, spring training. I actually went to a spring training game there. It's a very cool area. Now they have an NBA bubble. So everyone is supposed to stay in the bubble. As Stephen A. Smith said, you're going to tell every NBA player not to have sex for three months? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, which is his quote. So then, then they, and the NBA decided you have to have a snitch line or a tip line so that if anyone breaks the code, whatever that may be, if it's having sex, if it's getting food, if whatever it might be, you call an anonymous tip to say that someone broke the tip, the uh, the quarantine, and they have a quote, snitches get stitches, because that's the bro code that they're going for, yep. against the tip line. So snitches get stitches. And one of the famous guys who got snitched on yesterday was Dwight Howard, uh, you know, big, famous NBA player, been a multi multi like what all-star a zillion times and yeah Laker player yeah yeah he's a guy and so he is furious and wants to know who snitched on him so what I think for the NBA is instead of playing the season in these like courts next to each other it'd be like the Lakers have their court next to the Bulls next to the Bucks like they're in just a gym forget the season I just want like a reality show with this snitch line where they have to just not do anything for three months and then play basketball if you can. But to me, that's a little hopeful if they made a show just about this snitch line and the NBA players who break it, like NBA players trying to sneak out to go meet a girl or get food or whatever. So that's a little bit of hope. The second bit of hope is the Major League Baseball just released their testing from the last seven days and they're not doing a bubble, which I think is smart. They're quarantining in each city, so you can be more more isolated, and also players can be with their families, and it's sort of an honor code. And you know how many people, out of the 10,000 tests they did over the last seven days, 10,000, you know how many players tested positive? I do not. Five. How is possible? Because baseball players are going home, they drive to the stadium, they get tested, and they practice, and they get ready for the season in a week, and then they go home, and they go to sleep. And I think that gives me hope, not necessarily for the NFL, because that's like more than a full team of players is testing positive already. But so the NFL might not work. The NBA bubble may not work. And the NFL having to start in the fall, worried about that. But MLB starting now and only having five cases and these players are just going home. They want to play so bad. They haven't played in the longest time in their lives. Uh, You know what? It's also the only game of those three that you don't actually need to have physical contact with other players. Like no, unless there's collisions or slot or like sliding and stuff, but also players in baseball wear so like they're, they have gloves on, they have helmets on. Like there's very little with your mitt, you know, like, so it feels like it's the sport that has the most hope to actually work. And it's working so far. There have been were five positive tests out of 10,000. And the moment a player were to walk in one day and test positive, he's isolated for 14 days. So I hope that gives you hope that we at least get our baseball in what is now going to be five days. It's five days you know, away. It does. It does. And you know, I usually find reality TV unwatchable. Um, yeah. But I would absolutely watch... Um, NBA's snitches in the bubble um, <laughs> make its, its its premiere on NBA TV. Uh, yeah, so I feel I feel better about that. Even though we might be getting a second wave, maybe sports is going to take a new shape than we've ever seen, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and I agree. The real NBA players of Disney World would be a funny show. <laughs> <laughs> they all have big fake hair. Oh, big yeah. fake hair. Yeah, it just and and I hope it gives you some hope about baseball that. It's something's working with what they're doing. Yep. All right. So speaking of baseball. Sports transition, yeah. Yeah. Rohit knows the O's. So we always talk about you and what your knowledge of the Orioles is. So now it's prediction time. Since barring something bad, 
which we're pretty used to. But barring something bad, the baseball season is starting in five days. Mm-hmm. The Orioles also are starting their season in five days. What is your prediction? There's 60 games this year. What is your prediction so we can have it on record, so we can follow it throughout the season, of how many wins the Orioles will have this year? In a 60-game season? Yes. Um, my prediction is that the Orioles will go 22-38. and 38. Mm. Um, I think the... I'm going to get make a bold prediction. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to win the American League East. Wow. Okay. Big. I think that uh, our World Series matchup Ooh. is... Okay. It's going to be... All right, I'm calling it. It's going to be Tampa Bay and the Dodgers again. Oh, and who's going to Okay, win? and I think the Dodgers are going to win it in five. Wow. That is a massive prediction. That would be so happy and sad for me. My whole life waiting for this moment. And then no one can be there. Yeah, but, and, it's, and but, you win the fake World Series, the one that is an asterisk. Well, there, there's another one that's the asterisk, the uh, Astros, the asterisk. Yeah, yep, that one. Uh, yeah, the real. Yeah. But that would be, I also do think if the Dodgers won the World Series in LA, we would have a third wave because everyone here would party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a Dodgers fan, but they're like my NL team, you know? And I would, I guess they're my NL. Yeah, I guess I'm an NL fan of the Dodgers. Yeah, I would have so much fun out there contracting the coronavirus. With you. <laughs> yeah. So we would just all be on the streets partying. There would be no way to stop people. Oh, it would be uh, amazing. So that would be an interesting. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope you're right. Not that more people would get sick and stuff. But okay, real it quick, what's your predictions? All right, predictions. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say that I believe the Orioles will win twenty. Four games. Okay. You're more optimistic than me. Yeah, I have a little hope with the with the O's. I also think the no fans thing they're used to the last few years. Mm-hmm. And then the Dodgers are going to make the World Series because they're so damn determined after all that happened in the offseason. I think the Dodgers will win about 36 games. Okay. And I think that they will end up playing in the World Series the Minnesota Twins. Ooh. Yeah. Wild card team. And I think we win it. The Dodgers win in seven. Wow. Well, regardless, baseball's almost here. Is it like opening day in five days or is it is it like spring training? So what we have in five days, uh, there's... The spring training's all happening. So mm-hmm. what we have, and I've, I've been watching a few of the Dodger exhibition games. They're fun. Uh, the players look like they're having a blast, actually. Uh, a lot more fun than we're having. So, but we'll have fun when we get to watch it. Mm-hmm. It starts on the 23rd with the first matchup is the Nationals versus the Yankees. So you're going to have, for baseball fans, Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. In the first baseball game of the year, which is a insane, it's the two really the two best pitchers in baseball right now against yep. each other. And then in the NL, after that game is going to be the Dodgers versus the Giants with Clayton Kershaw pitching. So for me, that's obviously a uh, you know a Kleenex inducing. So yeah, so that's it's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's an it's a piece of hope. All right, fingers crossed, man. Everything goes well. Um, and just really quick before we move on to uh, the next segment uh, is that um, have you decided to order your Dodgers sort of cardboard cutout seats yet for listeners out there? Aaron, as a season ticket holder to the Los Angeles Dodgers Baseball Club, um, you have the opportunity to do what? I have the opportunity to buy a cutout of myself and put it in the stands where my seats would be. And then throughout the season, they'll show it. The money goes to charity, which is a great thing. And then at the end of the season, I get my cutout. So I get to have it. I get to have me in a Dodger jersey 
that was in the stands that was shown on TV for charity. And I'll ask you this. Maybe you'll put me over the edge. So it's all in your hands. I have been debating whether to do this for the last since it got announced days. Should I do? And I'm 50-50. Do I get it or do I not get it? You 100% get it. You also get the higher end for the $300. So you get the better seats because you can actually upgrade to more TV visible seats. And if you're allowed to to like add plus ones, twos and threes and fours, I know for a fact I will do it with you. Um, so we're in. 100%. That's it. We're, we're doing There's it. There's no doubt. Literally no doubt. I have not been spending a lot of money during this COVID and I would spend money on that. All right. So you know what? Next episode, we're going to talk about what it was like to do this. Great. And you have access to it since you're the season ticket holder. Yeah, I'll get you on it. 1,000% in. So so next week, Aaron and Rohit will be hopeful in Dodger Stadium as cutouts. Yup. I can't wait. (laughs) This is awesome. All right, decision made. I'm so excited for it. So speaking of baseball, we're going to play a game right now that has nothing to do with baseball. It is called the Mailer Game. I And again, this also has nothing to do with uh, Trump, even though it has, has to do with Trump. Uh, I, a few weeks ago, signed up for both. For I'd already been a part of Biden's mailer list, and I decided to be a part of Trump's mailer list. I got a seat in New Hampshire for his rally. I signed up for a seat for free for his rally in New Hampshire in case for a random possibility I'd be able to go to New Hampshire that weekend. Turns out I wasn't able to. (laughs) (laughs) Flights are all booked. Flights were all booked. Couldn't quite get there. But what I did get, which I wanted, was to see the messaging. I wanted to compare the messaging of the two presidential candidates. And I did. And they're different. So what we're going to do right now is play the... Is it a Biden text to you or a Trump text to you? Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Um, and so that's all I'm going to say. So I get both right. every day. The first and, one. Right. Oh, yeah. Do you have any questions on the game? Yeah, yeah. Don't do any voices. Don't give any hints whatsoever. Nope. Yep. Let's do this. All right. The first one. Hey, Aaron. Asking for your hard-earned dollars is part of this job I like the least, but we have an important fundraising goal to meet to keep us on track for July. 150,000 more grassroots donations by Thursday. If you're able to pitch in anything at all, even $20, will you give right now? Hardcore Biden, just by the fact they use the term grassroots. Okay. Um, You are correct. Ding. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Blank has hand signed one of our iconic blanks, and he wants to give you priority access to win it. Oh, Donate easily. to win now. Easily Trump. You are correct. Priority access. You're, tr- you're trying to trade objects of value. Yeah, definitely Trump. You are correct. All right. Here's another one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here's two. Okay. Because it actually kind of goes with our, what was something we talked, have talked about before. Um, are you ready? Do it. Blank up your match to 600% for one hour only. Don't share. This special link is for you only friend. Donate now. Oh, that's definitely Trump. Again, you know, you want to make it feel like, hey, it's just you and me, man. We're in this together. Just you and me. Nobody else. Yeah. That is 100% correct. You sure do know uh, (laughs) these people so far. So next, are you ready? Ready. Blank wants to abolish the American way of life. We must defend our country. All donations will now be six times matched until midnight. All right. Well, the fact that you said another six times before that, I think it's. I think uh, that the fear tactic is used by both sides. But I'm going to go with Trump on this one. You are correct. What was amazing about this is these were back to back. So in back to back days, they went six hundred percent, 
and six times, which is the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> so, and I, I, I love how they're both all about me. It's like, man, he's talking. To, he just, I'm the most important guy. All right, w- let's do one more. Ready? Ready. Or we'll do two more. It's blank. I know we ask for your help a lot, but right now there are just over 100 days until the election and we need more ads. We're making sure we can get our own ads set up and we could really use your support. So if you can, will you chip into my campaign today? It's far too grovelly for Trump, so it's Biden. <laughs> You're correct again. Isn't it It's like fascinating? It, reads, it reads a whole little... Hey, us, our poor little campaign, you know, we're just like a little like uh, campaign that, that, that wants to be. And, you know, we only th- we don't have that many billionaires. There's only like seven to ten billionaires on board right now run by a bunch of the world's corporate elite that are trying to run this election. But, you know, we want to make it feel nice and small. Like, yeah, it, that, it's transparent both ways. It's hilarious, yes. actually. Um. <laughs> Please help us buy some ads. <laughs> yes. And. And then, are you ready for another one? Yep. Blank requested your input on some key issues. We'll send your answers to his desk in one hour. Take survey now. Oh, yeah. that The cult of personality appeal. That's Trump. Yeah. That is also so. Trump. Rohit, <laughs> you have won the game. You have won the whose text is it game. The mailer game, we'll call it. Oh, yeah, it's, I'm very, wait, there's one more, yeah. one more. Here's another one. Yeah. I'm really curious who you think it is. I really want to meet you, friend. I've never done this before. For one hour, you can enter three times. Donate and triple your odds. <laughs> I think that is a porn ad you might have gotten um, for OnlyFans. But... Honestly, I think you could probably swap the copy for OnlyFans and Donald Trump's uh, campaign at any given time, and it's the same shit. Yeah. It is, once again, Donald Trump. He, It seems like numbers and that you can meet him or get his autograph are the big things. Oh, and a few of the other ones, since, since we'll move on, are Biden and their policy things, too. The problem is, if I read them, you'd know even quicker because yeah. they're about health and about... Things like that, which the moment it's about health and American, the middle class, things like that, you know who it is. So I tried to pick the ones that were the least obvious, and they're still really freaking obvious. Yeah, it's it's literally attacking a problem from two very different sides. And uh, so speaking of the mailer game, uh, we got to go on to my topic, which is Portland, uh, the city of Portland. Do you know what's happened in the city of Portland over the last 24 hours? I've been hearing some reports about fake police. Yes. So here is the issue. There have been many peaceful protests um, in Oregon for, I believe, 50 days straight now. 50 days of peaceful protesting. Uh, What they did is randomly out of nowhere last night they there were these videos that were popping up online of like a bunch of guys in like military gear jumping out of vans and like tackling random people like riding their bike or walking down the street who had been protesting and then today or yesterday um Chad Wolf, no relation to me, thank God. Uh, The Secretary of Defense currently, I think, is his title. It's hard to keep track of the different titles of the people. Went to Portland, Oregon, because it seems like they think the federal, uh, like the the White House is sending these in-disguise vans into these cities to show that they are doing law and order by hurting and rounding up random people who are peacefully protesting. What's even scarier is I read one person's account of what happened to him. He was walking home from a protest, got jumped by a bunch of these guys who are, they don't know yet if they're actual police or if they're private police. They're not sure. Got jumped by them, got taken to jail, was asked by them, 
um, read his Miranda rights and said, will you talk? He said no. And then they let him go. Like they wanted info from him or something, which is really weird. And then can I read you another weird thing? Because this makes me feel as hopeless as as possible that the government is sending people at other, at peaceful protesters just randomly, hiddenly, so that you can take away their free speech and for political reasons to show, look, he's cramping down on these peaceful people. And then they're, of course, going to say that they're not that they're, uh, they're not peaceful. So then the senator from Oregon, who's been senator a long time, this is what really got me, that it, the fact that the senator from Oregon, there's only two, had to get involved. Ron Wyden, who's been, I believe, senator for a long time because he's a ranking member, he, said, he wrote, a peaceful protester in Portland was shot in the head by one of Donald Trump's secret police. Now Trump and Chad Wolf are weaponizing the DHS as their own occupying army to provoke violence on the streets of my hometown because they think it plays well with right-wing media. Rohit, give me hope. Give Ron Wyden, Senator Wyden hope, please. Okay, so I think there is some hope here. First of all, as we've said before, protesting is the most American thing you can do. It shows freedom of speech. It shows that freedom to influence your government. It shows people coming together in a democratic fashion. There's nothing more American than protesting. Do you want to know what else is also American? What? Owning a gun. Now, hear me out. So, okay. or, so Oregon has... Uh, uh, I'd say more relaxed gun laws than some other states like California, New York, New Jersey yes. does. You can actually open carry in Oregon, which means you can walk around with a with a gun. Um, and here is it's an interesting bit. Back in the seventies, and the only time NRA pushed for gun legislation and stricter gun control was when the Black Panthers were securing themselves firearms. And over the past few weeks, we've actually been seeing uh, people on the libertarian right and libertarian left and even like, you know, uniting with black protesters and gun owners. They're coming together and saying, okay, listen, it's never more before have you had to protect yourself. And usually it's protecting yourself from people that mean you harm, which means other citizens. But when it's, when it's police, all of a sudden, like people are having more reason to protect themselves. Now, what I will say is if protesters are having trouble with these, these people accosting them, if they start exercising their 2A, okay, these unsanctioned people or these secretly sanctioned like government workers who are taking people away in advance, they might think twice, right? So that's one thing about, about accosting them, kidnapping them in advance without any due process. And what that might do, it might create some unity between who we're seeing as the younger left as well as some of the right, which which people vote right strictly just based on gun laws, right? Some people say, hey, listen, I'm left everything, but I believe in the Second Amendment. It is a major issue. It's same with abortion. All the, There's a lot of hot topics that people will vote with one party because of that one topic. They're single topic issues. So maybe this is the opportunity to unite left and right against government fascism, stopping people from protesting. People say, hey, listen, it's not just like bad guys getting taken away by cops. It's everyday people exercising their American rights. And maybe this can bring a more united America in revolt of people violating your, your constitutional rights. Okay. I, I like the sentiment sort of kind of what I worry about this one, if you have a gun and you threaten a federal officer, they're going to shoot you. So, then that leads to my fear that has been a fear of mine for months now, which is that we are heading toward some form of civil war. And because and the NRA yesterday endorsed Trump officially, not that Shocker. it was a surprise. Yeah. yeah. So my worry is while I like your leftist floaty ants like nice answer of like oh we can all just have our guns and peacefully <laughs> peacefully almost shoot each other 
Um, I just don't see that as a, re- a reality because what it's almost predictable what could happen, what they're trying to do. Look to the right. We're taking control of these people who are being violent. They're not actually being violent, but they're inciting them to then be violent. So now they're going to be violent against these um these federal officers, and then they can say, look what they're doing now, and we're here to stop them, and it's just going to cause a further divide and a further clash. Yeah, does 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 the president want on their hands like a Tiananmen Square type thing? They don't. And, you know, we can't cover it up like China can, you know, or China yep. continues to. So it's it's if the government's sending in brown shirts, which are people that are, like, secretly doing this kind of stuff, and... There, that's illegal. That is against everything that is right and fair. And people are, I think the population will support people exercising their constitutional rights to protest, their constitutional rights to defend themselves, their constitutional rights to carry versus bad actors in the government. So that's, maybe that's an optimistic view. And yeah, maybe there are some shootings, but uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. that. That's the best way I can find hope is and I, know, I also exercising would, I would just, your rights. And I would say to everyone in Portland, and if this happens in other cities, use your phones, film everything. Yep. That's our biggest hope, too, is film everything, based on what you're saying. If we can catch this more on camera, see the vile acts that these guys, these, uh, whoever they are that are being sent by the federal government are doing, it further exposes that this is fascism. This isn't legal. So... All right, well, we'll, we'll, let's see what happens before we hope gong this. Because I also think it could lead to a civil war, so which is not good. So let's see. <laughs> and I'm not laughing about a civil war, but I, I, it's like, oh, my gosh, we're actually talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of civil wars, should we move to Hopeless TV? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think one topic I really I'm so thrilled so thrilled with a season two of a show that i am hopelessly in love with so aaron have you gotten a chance to watch uh, any of hannah on amazon prime i have not it is this amazing story about this young girl and her dad living out in the wilderness of romania hiding from the rest of the world yeah, so that, that that's my reco for anybody listening out there. Is watch season one, then season two of Hannah on Amazon Prime. Amazing. And so speaking of hopelessness and um, and TV, I, I watched the film Palm Springs. How was which, it? Which is fantastic, and it made me feel hopeless. You should watch it. It's on Hulu. It's a, I don't want to give anything away. It's a great film. I think everyone would enjoy it. Here's what made me feel hopeless. This film would have and should have gotten a theatrical release if it wasn't for COVID. It would have been in the theaters. It would have gotten a lot more hype. It would have been, there would have been, you know, ads everywhere. It would have been a big thing. But because of of COVID, it's just right to Hulu and that's it. So no real big marketing campaign, nothing. It just came out. Word of mouth will hopefully get people to watch it, but it made me feel extra hopeless too because we have a movie coming out that got delayed and then it's going to come out in the fall and it's the same issues we're facing where these movies, um, not comparing our film to Palm Springs, but move these movies that would otherwise get these big campaigns and have a lot of exposure are just getting dropped on streamers and you have to kind of discover them. So it bummed me out. Here's the thing, and I think a lot of people see, oh, it's just another movie. There's so many movies. You really understand is that when people work for it on a year, on work for it on year, work on it for years, and a lot of times that's somebody's life's work. Everything that they've done up until from their childhood through their whole career, whether it's they're working as a PA, now they're a producer, or you know, they went from just writing little small things and now they made their own feature film. Like everybody that's working on that. That is often the biggest thing they'll ever do in their entire life. And they do it to get to bring this beautiful piece of art to the stage, to a stage and a platform where everybody can see it. And when you take away that stage, it is absolutely disheartening. But what I think that we are trying to do here is at least bring awareness to shows that may, and movies that you might not have seen. And Aaron, you know, our, our co-host here is, you know, he's a he's a filmmaker. And so we hope that what you do uh, is that, you know, everybody out there is like 
try and watch and talk about the good stuff that you're seeing. Share the love of what you are loving. Like, don't just wait for us to do it. Really, this is a time where people have time. Share those recommendations. Talk about it. Give reviews. Just be active in the arts. Because back when, when things are back to normal again next year or whenever, you're not going to have time for the arts. This is a time for you to truly engage it. And for filmmakers like Aaron and for filmmakers that even making things like Palm Springs, celebrate it, share it, enjoy it. And I think this, there's no time like that we've ever had than now to do so. That's a great, that gives me hope. And I feel that I hope you sh everyone share a show that you like that we might not know about so yeah. that we can talk about it. So let us know. Tweet um, at us. Um, so speaking of, of Palm Springs, you have a, a show on HBO one. called I May Destroy You. Um, it was Ina's turn to pick a show. And I, she was like, oh, I want to watch this one. I was like, I never heard of it. And then I saw the thumbnail when we pulled it up on HBO. I was like, oh, no. Because I thought that this was going to be like girls again. And I wish I liked, but I've seen it. I've seen it. I didn't know what the hell the show's about. And I was like, okay, it's just like girls, but in England. Uh, let's see. And um, <coughs> and was I wrong? It is not about that. And I'm like shocked. Okay, what is it I about? I can't spoil anything, but it's like the idea of the hangover, but way darker. Like way darker. Like oh. it's the uh, the it's pretty much a girl, a writer who's very irresponsible, but a good writer. Um, she has a crazy night out, but then that's the season unfolds. You're like, what the fuck happened during that night out? And as it gets darker and darker, you're like, whoa. And it's riveting television. And it's like, I think it's only like six episodes that are each like 30 minutes. So we're going to, we're going to, we started it last night. We're going to finish it tonight. Um, but yeah, I was, I completely judged it because I thought it'd be something frivolous and stupid and it's. It's dark and really good. But I would watch it with subtitles because I have no idea what they're saying with the English accent. It's like Cockney <laughs> or as hell. And and you know how you they say yeah. you had me at hello, like for the romance. Uh, in this, you had me at Hangover but yeah. darker. <laughs> it's like, and I might be yeah talking about it too flippantly by calling it the compared to the Hangover. But yeah, similar idea. You're like retracing your steps. Um, well. Speaking about destroying people, um, the, the the last piece of hopeless TV that I want to bring up is uh, a movie I watched about the producer, famous producer, David Foster, who has produced the albums for everyone. I'm going to try to get the memory right from Whitney Houston to Chicago to Tony Braxton to um, I think Elton John. I mean, you name it for he sold over 300 million albums, David Foster. I watched this film. He also has had six wives. And he's currently married to Catherine McPhee, who is a singer who's on American Idol, who's an actress, who's, I think, 40 years younger than Jesus. him. And it also shows it shows what a genius David Foster is oh Celine Dion was another huge one of his uh shows what a genius he is and also what a giant obnoxious cocky prick he is and what why it made me feel hopeless is because he's so talented and so obnoxious and so awful is I miss like the leaders of the country the people who like lead to be full of talent and obnoxious feels like now we just have a mm -hmm. lot of obnoxious and it made me miss the talent with the obnoxious. Cause I was like, man, this guy, I kind of hate him, but I also respect his talent and I recommend the film. I don't even remember what streamer it was on. I think Amazon, but it made me feel hopeless because I miss talent associated with the ability to be obnoxious, working your way up like he did to get to where he was, not just being born into whatever. So that's where I felt hopeless is that and not that we need to find hope in it right now, per se. It just was like, damn, I missed the talent associated with it's like it warrants your ability to be a terrible human. Honestly, I think if you've made it to a certain place in the world, you've earned your right 
to be a dickhead. And you don't have to be. Doesn't mean you have to be. But I I don't know. I'm kind of jealous, man. I mean, he's he's kind of like Kanye, sort of. Like in this He's way, way more methodic. Like if you if you watch the film, it's like I think he puts Kanye to shame both in what really in, in how he presents himself. He owns that he's a dick. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It gives us hope because at least we can be like in our 70s with like wrinkly balls that like sagging down to our knees and still be a gangster. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, All right. The end. Hope. Yeah. Hope. That's hope. Wrinkly balls. Hope. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of wrinkly balls, your topic number three. My topic number three um, has actually a bit a bit to do with balls. Um, and it actually comes out of Russia. Uh, and in Russia, they just quote unquote voted on the family code. What that means is now it is illegal for same sex couples to get married or adopt children. So it's illegal. Oh, no. So what they've done, the scary part is that Russia is one of the rare instances of a nation going backwards in social progress I mean, it was just a few years ago that that Putin said that there are no gay people in Russia, right? And even if anybody yeah. watched the Eurovision movie, there's some you know funny jokes and references about that, you know, that whole yep. situation. Um, and so now, what you have is you are preventing people from having loving families, raising kids that need love, and people just being free to express their love for each other, which hurts nobody. And the crazy part is. You know, 20% of the population voted against this new family code, which means 80% of it voted for it. But you never can trust Russian numbers. Um, and I think it's it's scary that we are, this is like the first thing I country I can think of since like Saudi Arabia, where like was like a fashion capital and it was like a modern cool place uh, until it got taken over and turned into like the Sharia law hellhole. Um it's this is it's scary to have a huge nation like Russia step backwards. So that here's the hope with that, because what actually happened in Russia is hopeless. And it's and it's just is to me um, goes against human humanity. It's just anti humanity. What gives me hope, which also gives the U.S. no hope is right now. We as a country, the U.S., have also gone backwards along with Russia. We are not where we have we have not progressed. We are lagging behind, uh, especially with this issue, which I believe will come up next week with Lucas Miles. And there are many, many people, more than 20 percent in the U.S. who would vote against that, uh, who would vote for the family code in the U.S., Probably more now than there were three, four years ago. So where is the hope? A lot of the rest of the world, besides the U.S. and Russia, I guess our two brothers in arms these days, there are many other countries who are just progressing way past these, uh, these to me, inhumane actions of progress. Uh, there are many countries that are just flying past us and Russia. And so my hope is now in the future, we and Russia do play catch up together because in time, it's like you don't want to be the only ones who are who are being this terrible toward people who just are who they are. And so my hope is that just like I, I want to feel hope in America progressing in the future, I feel hope that in time, Russia will too. It could be more time than America. It could be less. I don't know. But I feel if we have hope in America, we have to have hope that Russia can do it too, which is yeah. scary that we're thinking that now. But it is how I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think we do have more hope in America because there are term limits and, you know, Putin eliminated term limits. So he's in office until he dies. Um, and he's not dying anytime soon. So I think, yeah, at least it, get, it helps shine a light on the U.S. knowing that we also have our own issues that we need to worry about. And, and I'm glad that, you know, there's... It feels like sometimes I feel like things are worse and sometimes I'm like, are they? Because it seems it's like we finally went to the doctor and found out 
we have eight different types of country cancer versus just hiding it all these years. There's yeah. more voices speaking out than ever before. And they're not the ones causing the problems. They're the ones pointing out the problems, right? So maybe just this, this awareness will help clean us up. So clean us cool. up and then hopefully we'll get better. You know, we'll, we'll be able to have a different relationship with Russia than is currently happening where they're like our one ally or something. I don't even know how to describe it. So hopefully that changes and therefore we can be a leader in, in social progress again. Yeah. And so speaking of, of Russia, why don't you tell us about Ivanka and your topic? So what happened, what Ivanka Trump did pissed me off more than almost any topic we've brought up. And here's why. What she did, people, as we know, in this country are losing their jobs left and right. And she said she's starting a new initiative. Her initiative I'm is. I'm ready. That. Are you ready for it? If, if you haven't read this. Her initiative says. More than ever, our pledge to America's workers is focused on helping America bolster skills to find new jobs and navigate career transitions. Today, we are launching the Find Something New ad campaign. And I wanted to say, fuck you. You are, you have grown up entitled. You've never had a real job in your life. And you, they, I like to say, you know, leaders lead by example. So if you're saying that, then maybe you and your family should try first. And then tell everyone who's worked their entire lives to do the careers that they do and has been screwed over by lack of management of this country in many ways. And now you're telling it's, people, it's, it's, oh, yeah, just go find a new job. It's literally somehow, the modern let when there's cake. But sorry, please continue. It's asinine. And so... And, and and I li like live with it. I see it in my in the industry. Like people are jobless in in my industry in my building that was full before this pandemic. It's almost empty now. Like company after company has had to close. And so the audacity for this privileged, beyond privileged, upper, I believe upper West Side, white privilege, privilege, privilege woman to say, go find something new. Like it made me feel one hopeless. And it made me just, as you can tell, absolutely furious. You should be. And you know what? I think it, it, it's, it's, I'll, I'll refer to Andrew Yang on this. Um, and he's got a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, it's called The War on Normal People. And he talks about this exact issue where even Joe Biden has a really poor, he's like, oh, let's make everybody coders. Are you telling me that Ivanka and Joe and everybody like, you have Ron, a 51-year-old coal miner. Say, hey, Ron, why don't you learn S, you know, C++? And why don't you learn some front-end developing? And he's like, I, what are you talking about? It's You're not going to be able to save the economy by changing like all these people that grew up without an emphasis on STEM in school and having them change their careers, that is not the solution. You can train the new. What about just the working class person? Like just, or people who have worked their ass off to do what they do, what they are proud of that they do. Now just go find something new, like a happy ad campaign. It's, it's, it is absolutely bonkers and stupid and ridiculous. Um, and I don't have hope for that except for the fact that if anything, it creates some sort of job stimulus that may push our economy closer towards science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, you know, uh, which is where we lack so far behind many, many other countries in the world. Um, whether it's the Nordic countries or the Asian Eastern Asian countries or South Asian countries, like I think that there's, it, the idea is not going to work. People are not going to get new jobs, but at least it'll work for the next generation. But I don't have other hope besides that, man. So this one, we're not going to be able to no. hope gong. It is just, so there's, so, so you're saying I'm, I'm warranted. Well, yeah. we're going to find hope in 60 seconds now. Yeah. So I'm warranted to just think this is, and seeing so many colleagues out of work and seeing and even just for me, like for what, what I do, the, the hit that we've taken is insane. And the I don't want to get into some of the, the stuff, but it's just like, I, I just, 
It was like, to me, it was white socialite privilege at its worst. And it happened to be coming from the White House. Yep. Yep. So we're not hope gonging it. But man, I hope she shuts but that's up. That's something that we're going to revisit. Yep. So maybe that. All right. So. So speaking of that, we have to find hope now because yes. we just found just hopelessness. So it's time for. Hope in 60 seconds. All right. So let me start the timer. It is my turn first. So uh, the first one is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court. Court Justice is back in the hospital. She now has cancer again, and it's liver cancer. Um, If she dies before the, you know, a new president is elected, if a new president is elected, that means that a, uh, it tips the balance of the Supreme Court uh, because a new judge will be selected. How do we feel hope out of this? All right, I'm going to go quick with a lot of facts. Merrick Garland was around this time was supposed to be the justice under Obama. McConnell wouldn't let him do it. Number one. So that's double standard if they do it twice. Number two, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a badass and she's a fighter and I believe in her. And number three, there are a bunch of Republican senators who want to save face and would see the double standard like Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, and they wouldn't let it happen. Woo. I like it. I like it. Hope. Great. Your turn. Hope. All right. Anti-Semitism is at, for in my life, an all-time high. And Mary Trump, uh, in her book, uh, the niece of Donald, said that growing up, he would constantly be saying anti-Semitic slurs and racist slurs and, using the, and use the N-word constantly. Not that I'm shocked, but to hear this actually be something that's happened with the U.S. president was terrible and just shows further why we're living in a world, in a country of anti-Semitism at an all-time high. Help. Well, while the anti-Semitism is increasing, um, uh, at least we're seeing people speak out about it. It's not just hidden. It's it's coming out into the clear. And I think that uh, hopefully people start to treat Jewish people with the same sort of awareness that they do any other race that has been brought down. And I think just even seeing the recent things, I know I'm going a couple seconds over where the dumb shit said by Nick Cannon, um, where he said that Jewish people aren't the real Jewish people. And like, and he's not being an anti-Semite because he's a semi, it, it, it makes no sense. Um, but at least people are fighting back against that. At least that there's anti-Semitism coming from everywhere, whether it's idiots like, Farrakhan or Trump, uh, people are being exposed for that, and that you're seeing anti-Semitism is at the top, and now it's it's awareness is a first step to fixing the problem. So, expose, yes. expose, expose, and destroy these people. Speaking of exposure, um, let's start the next one, and it's about the former Washington Redskins football club. Now, the big news last week was that they were finally changing their name away from Redskins, which many people felt was a slur against Native American indigenous people however the big news out of the washington unnamed team yet uh this week was that there's now allegations from 15 women about sexual harassment um coming out of the organization so um this is less i mean i feel hopeless just as a as a football fan but how do we bring hope to people like our friend wadi um that they possibly have the trashiest franchise in american sports Simple. There's a great chance, as we talked about, that there won't be a season this year. (laughs) So if you're a Redskins fan, you were going to suck anyway. And your team is trash and the culture is trash. Just hope the season gets canceled. Yeah, it'll it'll be one season where you're not the laughingstock of the league. So that is hopeful. (laughs) That's great. That is hope. Yay. All right, Aaron, Um, your last topic. All right. There was a fight that broke out. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a fight broke out at the Fort Lauderdale airport between women who wanted to get on the plane and not wear a mask and the workers of Spirit Airlines who said, you can't get on the plane without wearing a mask. And so these people in Florida like charged and started beating up the workers. 
at the Fort Lauderdale airport. And this made me think, wait, we already like shouldn't fly. And then if we do, we have to worry about like brawls against the workers trying to keep us healthy. Hope. Okay. Please. Well, that to me is what, how many, how many people were the aggressors? I a lot. Seen, like if, approximately. Like 10. Okay. That's 10 fewer Karens that will ever be allowed to fly again. And Karens are the worst <laughs> people on flights. I want these fights. I want them to happen. It's just natural selection. Getting rid of all the freaking idiots. Because if you don't wear a mask, you're the same as a person that's an anti-vax, and you're the same as a person that's a flat earther. And you're just getting exposed, and you're, <laughs> and you're, and you're that means you're going around the world uh, less often and stopping spreading your garbage. Um, so yeah, it's great, and I'm sure there's a great fight. Let's get rid of them. Check out too. Yeah, fuck. Get em. rid of the Karens. Chuck out. And all I think the Karens. Uh, next. Next week, we will also bring up Karens with Lucas Miles and see what he thinks about them. Wonderful. All right. So now we are on. We are we're on to our final piece, final two pieces, the uh, submissions. So Dan in Alabama. Uh, well, I can answer. This is a simple one. Dan in Alabama said, where can I see clips of the show? And that's easy. If you just go to howlingwolfproductions.com. There, the uh, different pieces of the show. I think in many ca- some cases, the whole show. You'll see Rohit and I, uh, in our in our goofy shirts, uh, doing the show. Um, you can go right there, HowlingWolfProductions.com, and also on the the Facebook, uh, which is the Hopeless Show. And there's a Twitter. It's all just getting going as the show's been getting going. But there's clips that we put up of the show sometimes too. So there's lots of places to do it, and we'll try to do it more. We'll try to uh, tweet more little clips and stuff from the show so you can see it. Yeah, maybe we even throw and, them up on YouTube. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff to manage. Yeah, we are a little startup podcast. Um, but if you guys want to see clips, then that's great. That gives us more reason to share them with you. Um, yeah, and so you're right. Maybe we can do put it on YouTube as well. So, uh, But start with HowlingWoodProductions.com. And then the other one, Roy, I'll throw this to you. Mm-hmm. Maria in Los Angeles said, How do I balance my kids and work with school being made to start, but I don't feel safe, or if it doesn't start, with having them at home. The war on schools, if you will. And then um, and then I'll just bring up what, uh, what Kaylee McKinnon said in her press briefing about how uh, we're not going to let science dictate what is going to happen for our kids going back to school. <laughs> that was from Kaylee McCubbada, who's the White House press secretary. So give, give Maria hope, Rowan. <laughs> Um, so I work, Maria, I, I work with a couple of guys every single day. We're on our VCs. We're, we're all creative directors together and we, uh, two of them have kids and, um, you can see the stress in their eyes as we are in important like presentations and the kids will pop in just to say, hello, Hey dad, I love you. And at the worst possible times, I do nothing but crack up because it's hilarious to me, but really frustrating to them. So I can see your fears about, Oh my God, kids in the house for even longer or God kids living with, you know, going out to where they estimate, Oh, maybe there's maybe 14,000 children die from going to school. It's just based on the 0.02% of students, uh, kids that might die that the white house is like, Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's only 0.02%. Um, <laughs> and there, the balance I think that you can find is maybe this is a chance for kids to do more like learning, like on YouTube, <laughs> even, even homeschooling them a little bit, I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, Rohit and I don't have kids. No, we don't tell? have kids. I th- I think Maria, your answer is to not have kids, but you've already <laughs> you've already screwed that one up. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure your kids are amazing. Uh, I, it, great. It's, but I, what I think is, what I think you could do to feel hope on that is you and your kids together can go through this really important, valuable moment in time, um, and. If you choose to hold them out of school, which I respect, and I think many parents should if they don't feel comfortable sending their kids, like it gives a chance for the parents to, you know, build this this sort of we are doing something for the for to better the world together. Um, and it's gonna be hard, kids, but it also teaches the kids some responsibility. A child will have but these lessons about respecting the work life balance, seeing how you work at home, seeing like how hard you're working, it's it only will give them the the a positive role model to, you know, for their lives. And, you know, it's like, like they might not have a better chance to see work happen. You know, it's bring your kid to work day, but it's at home with a really positive outcome of them learning these lessons. 
And and I guess you can also listen to Ivanka and just find something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send your kids to the coal mines. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that's there's some hope there. We'll we'll see how the the situation uh, progresses, and we'll talk we'll touch on it more, Maria. But thank you for your question. So uh, so hope fulfilled there. As we as we sign off, there's one thing that that I feel hopeful, Rowan, about is the Tell Field me, of right. Dreams game. The Field of Dreams game in Iowa is going to still happen. Bullshit. Is yep, it really? It is still on. It is still on as of now. I believe with no fans, but it is still on, which is something that I've been looking forward to, where they're recreating Field of Dreams, but with major league teams, with the White Sox and another team, and they're actually going to play it with another team in the Midwest. In, in the middle of a cornfield. In the middle of a cornfield. It's going to be the I White Sox. And the White Yankees. Sox and some... I no, it's, it's the, not the Yankees. Not the Yankees? They switched it because of travel. Oh. So it's a new team. It's like the Twins or something. So, the Orioles. Ooh. <laughs> so that gave me hope that we, we've talked about the sports thing and we've both been excited about this game and it is happening. I am so thrilled. Baseball is upon us. The opening day is nigh and Aaron, another great show. We might not have solved as many problems as we had hoped to. But um, no. I think that it gives us uh, more things to revisit. Um, but yeah, it was a great show, man. Yeah, great. And remember, you can be on the show. A lot of these topics that we brought up, please submit your concepts, your ideas. I'm the Aaron Wolf on social media. He's Vohit for Rohit, the number four. And again, we're trying our best with hope. So this week has been a particularly hopeless week. So we hope we brought you some hope and a few smiles and a lot of love because we love you. Uh, we love you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show.